Indeed, great is God's faithfulness, a truth that is attested to time and time again in His Word, a truth that is attested to in Psalm 46. I want to invite you to open your Bible with me this morning to Psalm 46. If you don't have a Bible, let me encourage you to find one near you or to look on with a neighbor or find one in the pew rack. And the book of Psalms is in the heart of God's Word, near the center. But we have been looking for a few weeks now uh, at a series uh, that looks at the end of God's written story from the book of Revelation. Uh, but in light of events of the past few days, I believe God has led us to this text for this morning, and then we will return for one final look at Revelation uh, a week from this Sunday. But Psalm 46, as you find your place there in God's Word, let me invite you to join me standing for the reading of God's Word. In Psalm 46, beginning in verse 1, reads this way. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Please join me in prayer. Father, we believe the truths of your word. We believe that you indeed are who you say that you are. That you are the Lord Almighty. That you are a refuge. That you are a strength. That you are a God who is with us in all times. Father, I pray that those truths would be felt and known here among your people today. Draw us close to you that our lives might be continually transformed by the power of your spirit. And it's in Christ's name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, you may be seated. How often have you heard a parent say to a child who was hesitant to go somewhere or hesitant to do something, come, I'll go with you. Come on, I'll go with you. I'll do this with you. My family was fortunate to spend uh, a morning recently uh, on the lake, and uh, we semi-successfully encouraged our two youngest children to tube uh, on the water behind a boat for the very first time. And the only way that we were able to do that is by saying something to the effect, come on, Daddy will go with you, or come on, Mommy will go with you. You know, if we're honest, there are not too many things in life that we want to do alone. Not too many places that we really want to go alone. And if we know the God of the Scriptures, if we know the one and only God, then really we don't want to go anywhere without His comforting and protective presence. The presence of God is a comfort for the people of God in the highs and in the lows. In times of plenty and in times of want, 
in employment or unemployment. When you're young, when you're old, when you're married, when you're single, when you're divorced, when you're widowed, we want God to be with us. He is a comfort in all times. To the people of God, the presence of God is a good and welcome presence, which is why the psalmist could write in Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And again, in verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The great preacher, Charles Spurgeon of England, perhaps the best-known preacher for the bulk of the 19th century in England, said this about this psalm. He said, when it is very dark with us, but brave spirits say, come, let us sing the 46th psalm. And indeed, what a beautiful psalm this is for people of faith and the God of Scripture. Elsewhere in the book of Psalms, the psalmist uh, David in, in Psalm 139 was describing the all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God. And he began to think about where he might escape God's presence. God's convicting and somewhat intrusive presence. And as he began to think about that, he quickly realized that there's nowhere that he'd want to go without God's presence. So he wrote in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 7, he said, Where, God, can I, can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I were to go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of the earth, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I come up with the sunrise, Lord, you're there. If I settle on the far side of the sea as the sun sets, Lord, you are there. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. The presence of God among his people is a welcome and a comfort and a peace during all times and especially in times of turmoil. When crises hit, people of faith run to the God who is faithful. And the first truth that I want us to see from this psalm this morning is that in times of common crisis, God is our refuge. In times of common crisis, God is our refuge. And I use the term common hesitatingly here because by common I'm not in any way meaning or implying that a crisis is simple. That's not my intent at all, but I chose this term to convey that crises are indeed common among people and even common among God's people. Believers are no exception. We face difficulties and tragedies and troubles and hardships far more often than we care to admit. We're often far more troubled and our lives are far more rocky and turbulent than we let on. And the imagery here, notice the imagery here in the opening of this psalm. The psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Because of who God is, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The image that's being conveyed here is of a complete and utter disaster 
the world falling apart, the earth giving way and the mountains eroding into the sea. Something like a, a worldwide earthquake that wipes out life on earth. Images of water raging and roaring and soaring, reminiscent of the story of the flood and the days of Noah. The time of the earth's demise, uncreative act, if you will, where the waters ignore the instructions of their maker in the beginning, the boundaries that he set for them and somehow begin to consume all of the earth and wipe out human life. And the psalmist is saying here that even if that were the case, even if something like that happened, we have no reason to fear because God is with us. The God of Jacob is our our fortress. Indeed, God is a God who gives peace and comfort to troubled hearts, even today. God is a refuge. It's like a storm shelter In the face of a tornado, he is a safe place of protection for his people. And he is our strength. Described elsewhere in the Psalms as a strong tower or a strong mountain. He is our resource of strength in difficult times, in times of weakness. And the truth is that we all face times of weakness. For we are weak. And we need help. And God is our help. An ever-present help. Able to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. Able to accomplish for us what we can never do on our own. This is the God that we worship. This is the God that we serve. This is the God of the Scriptures. And because we experience weakness and brokenness and trouble in this life, needing God's help, we must learn to acknowledge our troubles. Church, let's acknowledge our troubled, for we are troubled. We live in a troubled world. We live in a broken world, a world that has been tainted by human rebellion against its maker. A difficult world, a world of hardship and trouble and tragedy and suffering. But hear me on this. If there is anywhere for us To be vulnerable. To reveal our weakness and our humility as followers of Jesus. To reveal our dependence and need for help and need for God and need for one another. Then it must be with God's people. It must be in the church. It must be with our brothers and sisters in Christ who who know that we are in need of God and dependent on Him and weak without Him. For God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. So friends, let's run to Him. Let's rest in Him. And let's remain in Him. You know, it's not uncommon for writers in the Old Testament to use this type of language describing natural disasters destruction of the world to convey something else, to convey uh, a military invasion, to depict imminent danger at the hands of their enemies. And so that is where the psalmist turns here in verse 4. Notice what the text says. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, 
the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. God lifts His voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In the context of Scripture, particularly here in the context of the Old Testament, no doubt this is a picture of Jerusalem. City of God in that day, a city that was built up in a high place with walls around it for protection, a place that housed the temple where God was believed to dwell in a special way among his people. This is where worshipers of the true God were. And most likely, this psalm was written and prayed and sung by God's people in the face of imminent danger. The attack of foreign invaders, a pagan king wanting to ransack the city. And so in the opening verses, verses 2 and 3, this picture of complete and utter destruction. Images of the earth falling apart. Worldwide destruction. And even if that were the case, even if that would happen, the psalmist says the people of God have nothing to fear for God is with them. But here, possibility of a pagan king and armies coming and taking over the cities. This was a real live possibility. These things happened in ancient Israel. And the psalmist says, even so, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Pictures of Protection and provision, walls and barriers, water. A picture here in verse 4 of water that supplied the city. For they knew if the water source was cut off by enemies, then it would only be a matter of time and the city would fall. So this psalm is conveying here that for the people of God, God is like a gently flowing water that provides for their needs. Of course, we know greater context of God's word that God has come and provided for us living water. Those who come to Jesus and drink of Jesus and find life and satisfaction and salvation in Jesus will never thirst again in the spiritual sense that they will be satisfied by Him. But here, if even if they were without these things, even if God's people were without water and walls and barriers of protection, they would still rely on the Lord for ultimately, for the people of God, for people of faith, it is not these things that provide ultimate and lasting protection and provision, but God is our safety. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So in times of crisis. God is our refuge and we see here that in times of political turmoil God is our strength. In times of political turmoil God is our strength. Nations collapsing. The earth melting at the voice of of God. And If any of us gathered here this morning think that either of the Nominees for, from the major two political parties in our country is a savior 
or a Messiah who will eliminate injustice and oppression and restore a bright and hopeful future, then we are sorely mistaken, for there is only one Messiah. There is only one Savior that brings any lasting hope, and He is the one who speaks and nations tremble. He is the one who sounds His voice and the earth melts. He is the one who is described as the Lord Almighty, literally the Lord of armies, meaning that He has earthly armies at His disposal and heavenly armies, angels in heaven at His disposal. So no matter what we face in this life, we will not fear because God is with us. No need to really fear cancer. No reason to really fear a dissolving relationship. No reason to really fear heart failure or economic collapse or corrupt politicians or natural disasters or even the collapse of the world for God is with us. Now don't mishear me. I'm not saying that in these crises and others like them that we aren't heartbroken. They are heart-wrenching and devastating and depressing. But no matter what we face in this life, we can look to the God who is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble with faith in Him. So in the midst of turmoil, church, let me invite you to focus on the power and the presence and the promises of God. Focus on the power and the presence and the promises of God. Focus on His power by recognizing that He is the sovereign one, the sovereign one who rules and reigns over the nations of the world. He rules and reigns over economics and medicine and science and the arts. That indeed He rules and reigns over sickness and death. Focus on His presence, for He is the God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And He is the God whose promises span the generations as He works to create and call and redeem a people by the blood of His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. He is a God whose promises indeed stand infinitely outside of Time, which leads us to the final portion of this psalm, where we see that God's continuing work leads us to trust His powerful presence. God's continuing work in the world leads us as His people, as people of faith in Him, to trust His powerful presence. Verse 8, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease To the ends of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, the truth is that God has worked in the past. And God is present with us even now. And God will continue to work into the future. 
As people of faith in this God who has made himself known to us through his written word, we are called to look to the future as well. We are called to anticipate what he will do as the one who says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Called to look ahead to the day when people from every nation, tribe, people, and language will be gathered around his throne, worshiping the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When there will be no more war, for there will be no more enemies. Times of weakness and times of pain and times of suffering and times of tragedy and turmoil, we as people of faith can trust in him. We can stop the worry. We can stop the restlessness. We can stop misplaced trust and trust fully in the Lord God Almighty. So though we live in a fallen and broken and an evil world, let's point the world to the sovereign God of the nations. Church, together as people of faith in the God of Scriptures, as followers of Jesus Christ, as people who believe in this God and who know this God, let's point the rest of the world to the sovereign God of the nations. Let's point the world to the one who knows the future, to the one who holds the future, to the one who knows all things, to the one who is in full control. Let's point the world to Emmanuel, God with us, to Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Savior of the world, our King, our Savior, the one who has come to us to save us from our sins and the one who has commissioned us to go into the world with the gospel of Jesus and the one who tells us in his word that he is surely with us always to the very end of The age church, the sovereign and victorious God is our safety and security through danger and disaster. The sovereign and victorious God, who, by the way, is the only real God. There is no other God. The sovereign and victorious God is our safety and our security through times of danger and through disaster for life that is lived running to him knowing Him as a refuge and a strength, as an ever-present help in times of trouble, is a life that is truly eternal life. Well, that kind of life recognizes that there is something more important than living itself. There is something worth dying for. That there is life to be received, abundant life, eternal life, true life to be received because... God loved each of us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. That we might know Him, that we might live for Him. So as people who have been saved by His grace, we can confidently say, by the power of His Spirit, among the redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Father, I pray that that truth would be driven home by you in our lives. Fathers, we seek to know you and to live for you and to walk with you in this world through the highs and through the lows, through the good times, through the hard times. Father, that we would live with the eternal hope of the gospel, that we would cling to you, that we would rest in you and remain in you. Father, that we would be vulnerable with each other and vulnerable with you. 
Lord, we thank you for this day, for this gathering, for this place, for these people who have come together to sing your praises, to fellowship in your name, to hear from you. Father, I pray that you would continue to lead us and to speak to us that we might be faithful followers of Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray and ask these things. Amen.